When I'm functioning in the context of his word and his grace, I'm going to be praising him, singing unto him. And it's going to be overflowing in my interactions with one another. It's going to be that's the case. And it's going to be with thankfulness or grace in our hearts. We're going to be worshiping the Lord from a right heart that's overflowing with the word of God. That's where worship comes. A heart overflowing with his truth by his spirit. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a daily radio outreach from Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And our teacher is Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church. And Greg, as we embark on today's teaching, give us an idea of what we'll be learning. Well, today, Dave, we conclude an exciting passage in Colossians chapter 3, in which we're seeing that we are to have the Word of Christ dwelling richly in us, And today we're going to see the evidences of that word dwelling richly in the believer. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 16 to 17. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, if you want to listen to today's broadcast again, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll find today's broadcast, archived broadcasts, as well as more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Verse 140, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loves it. It's pure, I love it. Love your word, Lord. Verse 148, my eyes anticipate the night watches that I might meditate on thy word. Wow. Lord, make me like this psalmist. Make me like him. 160, the sum of thy word is truth, and every one of thy righteous ordinances is everlasting. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy words. I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great Spoil. I could just keep going, but you get the point. It's all about your attitude towards the Lord and his word. If you fill yourself up with his word, you're going to be blessed. You're going to find good. Proverbs 16.20, He who gives attention to the word shall find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. We read this earlier, Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel. Look, you've got to turn away from man's counsel, man's ways, nor stand in the path of sinners. You're not living the way they live, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You're not entrenched in it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. It's just running through your heart. I tell you right now, for the believer, if you're not desiring the word of God, then sin has gotten in the way. There's some idol Something has become more valuable in your heart than God. I'm not saying we're robotronic word people, but we're those who allow his word to dwell in us richly. The Lord is using it to work in our hearts, to speak to us, to guide us and lead us by his spirit. Let the word of God dwell richly. One pastor writes, it must dwell in us richly. Not only keep house in our hearts, but keep a good house. Many have the word of Christ dwelling in them, but it's dwelling quite poorly. It has no mighty force or influence upon them. Now, we're going to see this later on, but I want to show a parallel here with the word of God dwelling richly in the spirit of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, and hold your finger there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I would be remiss if I didn't show you this parallel passage. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Don't be controlled by wine, but allow the Spirit of God to fill you, to control you, right? And he says here, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Wow, that sounds like our passage. 
What am I getting at? So often we see the filling of the Spirit and the controlling of the Spirit in the believer's life separate from the Word, but it is together. It is God by His Spirit through His Word filling the believer. His Word dwelling richly in us. Now I'm not going to read these again, but if you read Ephesians 5 and you look at our passage, you're going to see the same language. But one says that we're to not get drunk but be filled. The other one says let the Word of Christ dwell richly. I believe it's two different pictures of the same concept and principle. One pastor writes, to let the word dwell richly is identical to being filled with the Spirit. The word in the heart and mind is the handle by which the Spirit turns the will, and it's clear that these two concepts are identical because the passages that follow are so similar. I agree with that. It's through the word of God in the heart of the submitted believer, the one who is the confessor of sin. First John 1 John 1.9, we're the confessors of sin. It's not that we don't sin, we do sin, but we're confessing it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. Present tense. We're those who are confessing. If the word of Christ is in the heart of the submitted believer, God's spirit has freedom to control us and to use the word to direct us and redirect us, and it produces the life of Christ in us. And there's no shortcut, no program, no book, except for the Bible. God uses his spirit-empowered word to conform us to the image of Christ. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. It's a command, but the way it's phrased, they say let, and like kind of sort of loud. No, it's an imperative command. You are to have the word of Christ richly dwelling in you continually, habitually. So my question is this, are we obeying this command? Some of you are asking to let it dwell. How do I do it? How do I let it dwell richly? Well, we've seen it already. First of all, we need to get rid of sin. We need to set aside sin. We need to confess idolatry. We need to set aside sin and receive the word implanted. Scripture uses the metaphor of us feeding on the word of God. We need to take it in like food. You may be dieting, so you may skip a meal here or there, whatever that might be, but we feed ourselves every day. In the same way, we need to be in the Word, humbly receiving it, setting aside sin. We need to meditate on it, Psalm 1. We need to memorize it, Psalm 119. We need to study it, 2 Timothy 2.15. We need to set our mind on the things above, not the things of earth. We need to read, listen, study, meditate, and memorize Scripture. And that happens from a heart that is treasuring it, not just rotely going through some principle of filling yourself. There are those that are in good churches. There are those who hear the word of God who don't know the God of the word. I've shared this passage from Ezekiel 33. There are those who heard Ezekiel speaking and they thought it was like a sweet song. It was like a concert. It was like a man playing an instrument. But then they didn't obey the word. And they would ultimately know that a prophet had been among them. They delighted in the the experience, but not in putting the word in their hearts and the God who spoke it to them. We need to be in the word of God. One writes, tell me what the Bible is to a man, I'll generally tell you who he is. I believe it would be clear evidence of the Spirit's presence when the word is really precious to a man's soul. I'd agree with that. Some of you have the word, you think it's indwelling you richly, but let me share, there are some tests, there are some manifestations. Look at our passage. There's some manifestations of the word actually doing that will help us see. Hey, is it really dwelling in me? Our passage. Let the word of Christ which you dwell in you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
So we have the command, and then we have three dependent participles, teaching, admonishing, and singing. They are connected to let the word dwell richly, teaching, admonishing, and singing. It's connected together. And I believe we'll see verse 17 is connected. You'll see the word and there, connected also. So with that in mind, I believe there's two areas that are going to be manifest in revealing whether that word is dwelling richly. One with man, and then one with the Lord. First of all, with man. And it's at this point we need to look at some grammatical issues. In translating over from the Greek to English, the order kind of gets a little mixed up, but we can still grasp it, we can still understand it. So the question would be, is the teaching and admonishing done with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Or is the singing done with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? That's the question. Well, I believe as I studied this that the Greek grammar dictates that the teaching and admonishing one another is done by the means of the word of Christ with all wisdom. And that the singing is accomplished with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. They don't have commas in Greek, but if you put commas in certain places, that changes the meaning of it. If you read through and you see that, I think we can see that. Therefore, I believe that we are to, with all wisdom, be teaching and admonishing one another. I think that's the first one. And then with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That singing is to God. That's in your heart. So then as the word of Christ richly indwells us, with all wisdom in context, then there's going to be teaching and admonishing one another. You say, wait a second, what's, the, what's that? He says, with all wisdom, en passe Sophia. It literally means in all wisdom. Not a little bit of it, in all wisdom. And indeed, we saw Paul has used this exact phrase twice already in Colossians. Colossians 1.9, he used it, being filled with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom, and it's modified by spiritual, with all wisdom. Later on in chapter 1, verse 28, speaking of Paul and the ministry of the apostle Paul and those, I believe, who are ministering, and we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. And we know from chapter 2, verse 3, that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God's word is clear. There is wisdom from above and wisdom from below. There is God's wisdom and man's wisdom. James chapter 3. And God's wisdom comes forth from the word of God. Proverbs 2, 6. The Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. You can read 1 Corinthians 2. It talks about how God has revealed those things hidden. It's his wisdom by his spirit. So then, what's it saying in our passage? We know chapter 1 is about teachers and preachers and those guys, right? What about here? It kind of sounds familiar. It sounds similar, doesn't it? Teaching and admonishing. Well, see, if God's word is filling your heart, if it's full, if it's dwelling richly and not poorly, if it's dwelling in a context of holiness and not hypocrisy, some people got it in there and it's total hypocrisy. If it's dwelling in holiness, then something's going to come out. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, these Hebrews had become dull of hearing. And the writer of Hebrews says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. He's talking about the believers. There are those that God has as teachers, quote unquote, pastors and teachers, those who have teaching gifts, gifts of teaching. But we as believers are to be, in a sense, teaching one another. The word should be coming out in our lives. And we should also be, as he says, admonishing. 
The term teaching speaks of teaching. That's what it means. You know, as we're in the body of Christ and someone says, you know, this is what's going on in my life and this, I'm so concerned, I'm worried, I'm just can't stay up at night. And you say, oh, brother, hey, God says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. The Lord God says that we're to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known, and the peace of God will protect you. It's God's word being taught in a real context. It's in a gracious, not stuffy, rigid way, but in real-life circumstances as we are around one another. It's not your opinion or your wisdom coming forth. It is a full heart of God's word that's bringing forth teaching one another. And then he talks about admonishment. Nuthateo, nous, mind, thateo, tithemi, to place into the mind. That's what admonishment is. And it can be translated admonish or encourage. And it speaks of coming alongside, speaking to someone to help them see the way they're going so that they can be going the right way, in a sense. It's encouraging. It's admonishment. It's not a spiritual whiplash or a Bible bash. It's not that. It's not coming alongside and smacking them up with the Word of God. It's sharing, hey, you're going this way, and God's word says this, and here's this will help you see things rightly, so you'll do the right thing. And maybe there's admonishment, maybe it's encouragement, whatever it is. It's encouragement from God's perspective, from his word, to get back on course. You don't need to worry, brother. You're all tied up, brother. Trust the Lord. He's faithful. Trust him. He's working everything together for good. Don't worry, brother. We should be sharing those things with one another. We should be teaching and admonishing, and notice what it says, one another. That's an evidence of the word dwelling with you. It doesn't say teaching and admonishing the world. The world does not understand the things of God. They need the gospel. But we should be doing this. Let me ask you, is that coming on? I'm not talking about having a Bible study now. You know, we have, we had people in the church before who didn't know the Lord and they, everything was literal. So out of here, they would run out and now start a Bible study. I need to be teaching. Oh, I need to admonish, you know. No, that's not what I was talking about. It's in our everyday going that the word of God, when we're filled to the brim richly, is coming out in our interactions for the good of one another. And then notice, we see here, there's focus not towards just one another now, but it's towards God. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom. Now, see, God's word in the context of his wisdom, it's being applied rightly. The wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Now, you have this with Psalms, and that's where they say, oh, it's with Psalms we do it. And even you see this in Ephesians also, you've got to look at your grammar. I would put a comma there. Then say, with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing. Singing what? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, this is our response to God. We're singing to God. We're walking along. we got a choir going on inside. We're singing unto the Lord with thankfulness. Now, that term thankfulness there, you might have a note in your Bible that says with grace, literally. It's with charis. It's with grace. In the context of his grace, you're singing as you walk each day. You're singing with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms being the inspired writer's response to God. Set to music in the Old Testament. With hymns, this speaks of a song of praise, especially thanksgiving to God. With spiritual songs, they are songs that express what God has done. They are encompassed by what the Spirit of God has revealed in the Word of God. This is an evidence that the Word is working in your heart when you're singing unto the Lord. There's all kinds of bad music out there, and there's good music. We have a generation of songwriters that don't know truth or don't know the God of the truth. 
and therefore the songs are shallow and repetitive and catchy to pull your emotions versus those, whether early or late, who have the truth of God in the songs that focus on the God of the truth, we see the difference. When I'm functioning in the context of his word and his grace, I'm going to be praising him, singing unto him, and it's going to be overflowing in my interactions with one another. It's going to be that's the case. And it's going to be with thankfulness or grace in our hearts. We're going to be worshiping the Lord from a right heart that's overflowing with the word of God. That's where worship comes, a heart overflowing with his truth by his spirit. Remember, being filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word is the same thing from two different angles. What did the Lord say to the woman at the well in John 4.23? That an hour is coming now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to be his worshipers. And we are singing in our hearts to God. Is that happening? Not just singing a song, but you're singing to the Lord. It's an evidence that God's word is overflowing in your heart. It's dwelling richly. Well, as we finish, notice there's one other thing I want to share. Notice that we're also going to be continually committing everything to him, whatever we say or do. Now, we don't do this perfectly. We're all saying, I fail, I fail, I fail. And I hope you are, because we all fail. But we should say, Lord, I want to be more so. I want to dwell more richly. I don't want to fail in this way. I want to obey this, Lord God. Notice here in verse 17, and it's connected to what we've seen. And whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, that would be through Jesus, to God the Father. Again, this and connects our passage to what he has just said, the word dwelling richly. And so here, notice we're commanded. This is everybody. These are believers. Now, these commands are impossible. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't do it. Or if you are bound up in sin and self-focus, you can't do this. You're just going to walk out feeling guilty and angry, whatever it might be. Confess your sin, confess your self-focus, and let the slate be cleaned and allow God to work in your heart. He says, and whatever we do, whatever you do in word or deed, that's everything. Do all in the name, we're literally all in the name of the Lord Jesus. This reduces every word and action down to a complete focus and devotion and submission to the person of Christ. Everything we do is submitted to him. Everything we do, he's involved in. Every word we speak, he's involved in. We're submitting it. We're allowing him to be the sovereign over our lives. And it's not mechanical. It's the word working in a real relationship by the Spirit of God and the true believer. And what a blessing that is. You see, the name of the Lord Jesus represents everything he is. He's the Lord. He's the sovereign. He's the Lord of lords. Jesus, the Lord of salvation. He's the one who saved us. He loves us. He is our intercessor. He is wonderful. He intercedes for us like the Spirit does. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords to which every knee will bow. And he is the one who died for us. We are to do it in his name. And to do something in his name is not simply an act to honor him. But within his word and thus his will, it, to speak or do something in his name is to have that under his conviction and control. Whatever his word and will says about it, we're submitting ourselves in those actions and words to that and thus to him under his conviction and approval and control and leading. Everything we're doing, everything we're speaking. This makes everything sacred, by the way. You think, oh, well, I'm sure glad Pastor Greg commits his sermons to the Lord. Well, you've got to commit everything to him. Everything we do. 
There's not one thing that you're doing if you're in his will that's not important. Whatever your job is, whatever he's called you to do, you commit that to him. You do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You do your work on him. That means we ought to be doing it well, not sloppily. Everything we're doing, we're doing it on him. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive rewards or loss. We're to do it all to him. And it's all important. Everything we say, you come to someone and you think you're just praying. That means you're praying, you're trusting the Lord, you're walking with the Lord. And you're thinking about it, you're trusting him, Lord, what do I say? Lord, someone says to me, Lord, how should I respond? You're trusting him, you're committing it all to him. We've all failed, I'm sure. I'm sure we've all not committed everything. But here we're commanded to do so. But remember, this command comes on the heels of having his word dwell richly and his peace reigning our hearts. And notice as we finish, there's a qualification. It's the same thing we saw back in letting the peace of Christ rule our hearts. Verse 17, and whatever you do, that's everything, in word or deed, do all or all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then notice this, giving thanks. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. Through Christ we have access to the Father. Giving thanks to God. I'm thanking God for all it's going to. Thank you, Lord, for helping me in this circumstance. Thank you for giving me the strength to do this job. Thank you, Lord God. I know you'll help me say what I need to say. Thank you, Lord God. It's an evidence. God's word is working in my heart, and I'm walking with the Lord. So then, if you're walking with Jesus, you're giving thanks through him to the Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for helping me share. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you, Lord God, you're so good. So then today we've seen the heart attitudes and the manifestations to those heart attitudes. How you doing? Is the peace of Christ ruling your heart? You know, when you're abiding in him, you're trusting in him, you're believing what he said, you're allowing his word to work in you, you're going to have peace. That's your little gauge. If that's not there, I'm not talking about a faux peace. I'm talking about the peace that comes from him, the peace of Christ. And you know that because things happen and all of a sudden you go, ah, and you know that peace is gone because you're starting to see things from your own way. It's the peace controlling you. Secondly, is the word of Christ dwelling richly in you? We're commanded that it should be. That means I need to be in a good church. That means I need to focus on Christ through his word. That means I need to be meditating on it because I treasure it, not because I have to. Because I value it, not because I have to, but I value it. Because it's his word. And that's how he grows me. Then lastly, are you committing everything, word and deed, to him? Everything you do, believer, is important. Everything. Commit it to the Lord. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact 
at etsradio.org. Greg, as we wrap up today's broadcast, give me some ways to begin to apply this message to my life today. Well, Dave, the way we apply this to our lives is to to truly allow God's Word to permeate our hearts and and to respond when He's convicting and then allow His Word to correct us and train us in righteousness. And so with this in mind, let me ask you, how are you doing? Well, if you're not doing well, if the Word's not dwelling richly in you, today's the day to acknowledge it. Confess your sin. Confess any idols that have gotten in the way. Turn to the Lord Jesus and allow his word to dwell richly. You see, when his word is dwelling richly, then we're going to be walking in the context of joy. We're going to be sharing God's word with one another, and we're going to be singing unto the Lord and committing everything we do unto him in the context of thankfulness. Well, how are you doing? Is God's word dwelling richly in your heart or poorly? We pray it's richly. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.